Hello there. Welcome to the Beloved Son Ministry Show, where we who were once only the prodigal children now dare believe that we really are the beloved children of the Father. This Father who has loved us with an everlasting love. So now, let us come together, yes, in all of our brokenness, in all of our woundedness, but also in all of our belovedness, to share with one another the impact God has had on our lives and the impact that He continues to have in our lives, so that our curses may become crosses and our crosses may truly become blessings. So welcome home, my beloved brothers and sisters. Beautiful couple of days, at least in here in Pennsylvania. But I think it's it's the same over there too, right, Ed? Oh yes, it is gorgeous here. I was just telling Phil I got sunburned being outside today. Yeah, it's crazy. It's I think it was in the eighties. I think. Uh, I think it hit here. The highest I saw was about seventy. I think it was seventy-eight. Okay. Uh, but right now I just. I see the sky now. It's got like that pink setting, so you know it's going to be another nice day tomorrow. Yeah, and then I heard it's going to rain or at least showers throughout the. Yep. Yep. The day that we have to go and get the rest of our stuff. Oh, great! Going to be a good time to move out. <laughs> mhm. But you know, um, things might change because the weather is always changing and it's never um, accurate anyway. So. The one job where you can always be wrong and still hold your job. Right. So, but today we're going to talk a little bit about what's been going on in the Gospels this um, this week, which is the theme of love. You know, it's all about love. Our Lord, you know, in the past couple of weeks, we were talking about how He's a good shepherd. He's the gate. He's the life. He's the way. He's the truth. But, but then this week He goes all in about you know remaining in God's love. So um, we're going to start us off by reading the gospel um, of John about it's, it comes from the uh, reading from the piece of St. Matthias. So here we go. Jesus said to his disciples, as a father loves me, so I also love you. Remain in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will remain in my love just as I have kept my father's commandments and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy might be in you and your joy might be complete. This is my commandment. Love one another as I love you. No one has greater love than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you and no longer call you slaves because a slave doesn't know what his master is doing. I've called you friends because I've told you everything I have heard from my father. It was not you who chose me, but I who chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit that will remain so that, where, so that whatever you ask the father in my name, he may give you. This I command you, love one another. I mean, it's a very beautiful um, I mean, John 
John's gospel is always a little bit different than than the other synoptic gospels, um, and and this, yeah. So, but then you know, as as we read it, there are some some people might you know I've heard some people say to me, well, how is this love a command? If it's a command in the law, then is it really love? You know, and and so you know that's something that maybe we could talk talk about you know this evening. Um, but um, but yeah, any any thoughts about just the reading in general, Ed? Well, I've always thought, kind of to feed off of what you said with um, how can love be a true love if it's a command and if, you know, we're being commanded to do it. And I think it's best um, because a lot of the times people confuse the word love with the emotional girlfriend, boyfriend type love when really you could replace love with charity. And to be charitable is something you can ask somebody to do. Um, you know, you hear people say all the time, you don't have to like them, but you have to love them. Um, essentially meaning, you know, if I don't like you, I'm still going to give you the shirt off my back if needed. I don't like you, but I'm still going to be charitable to you. And I think that when you put it into that kind of context, you can understand how it can be a command. And granted, you know, through being a charitable person, you'll just grow a heart that, that will love others. Um, you know, two kind of coincide. I don't know how you feel about it, but that, that's how I view it. You know, a lot of times in the gospel, I'll, I'll read love is charity, charitable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I guess some of it can come from um, the translation. Because, um, of course, you know, some of us may have read and that, that in Greek there are you know, several types of love, right? Um, there's eros, there's filio, and there's agape. And, and, but when they translate it all into English, they just use the word love. And so um, maybe that could be a part of it too. Um, that maybe, you know, in, you know, basing from what you said about commandment and law and love, I think maybe... If it's um, if a law is is what um, promotes the good of, of a society, the good of family, the the good of community, then then it might make sense then that that love should be the center of of all those things. Um, but yeah, so um, but you know, I, I I just thought you know it's, it's interesting how Jesus says you know. As Father loves me, so I also love you, right? That that the love that he has for his disciples isn't just from his himself, but it but it, it it comes from the Father's love, and and how all of the loves, you know, whether it's you know friendship love, you know, love between um, lovers and uh, married couples or love within the family it's 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 it all stems from the love of the father you know and and i just think this is very beautiful that that, you know the source of all love is you know is from one source and and that's her father what do you think about that and and i always um reflect on that thinking you know uh, first of all just to backtrack a little bit how you said everything was translated into English with love. You know, I feel like love has lost so much of its meaning. 
because saying that you love your wife or saying that you love chocolate cake are the you're using the word in the exact same way you might mean it and feel it differently but it's the exact same anyway um but i've always thought like how you know there's so much in life that i do love and have very strong feelings for and love and i always reflect on that that this is just a a little glimpse a little part of the love that flows from the father so it's it's impossible to do but you just try to think about how pure and how fulfilling how you know desirable that perfect union that that love with god is and that's why when people talk about heaven and they're like well you know what's heaven like i, I don't want to just be sitting around staring at god for eternity but if that sitting around staring at god is that complete fulfillment of love you wouldn't want to do anything else um and i just try to translate that in a, on a human level the immense amount of love we could feel how it makes us feel as humans and then you just multiply that by who knows how much and it's just it's truly amazing it really is i mean yeah we're told god's love is um is infinite and um it's unconditional and there's you know there's and it's and it's eternal right there's no beginning to it and there's no end to it and then and I think infinity is something that we really can't grasp. You know, we, you know, in math we hear, you know, oh, you know, it's it's infinity, and we have the little sign, right, the little squiggle, infinity. But say that God's love is infinite um, means that you know our our sins, our weaknesses, our faults, our flaws. It's you know it when when you put it next to god's love it's 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 really nothing because his his love will you know overshadow that and but we also know that in today's world you know many people they don't um feel this love you know they they look for love in many different places they can look for love in in um, fame they can look for love in possessions they can look for love and power, thinking if you know, you know, thinking if somehow I, I'm this you know high status person, then people will come to love me. And uh, and of course you you know we hear the, the the phrase right, money can't buy love, right? But but yet, even though we we always say that, and, and many people say that you know, people do try to buy love. People people do somehow believe that money can buy love. And so, and so I think our society today is going more and more in that direction that thinking, well, maybe, maybe money can buy love. And, 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 but, but then we can see how much pain there is in, in the world because of this mentality that, that love is, love is to be possessed, right? Oh, I need to have this love. I have to, I, I have to buy this love, you know, I, you know, and, and, but but I think we have, you know, confused that because love can't be possessed, right? No, so, but I don't know. What are your thoughts? 
Okay, so I'm going to touch in on the choppy waters here. So please butt in when I say something wrong. Uh, so speaking of that kind of reminds me um, how you're saying that love can't be possessed. It has to be pure. And that reminds me of Aristotle with his three friendships and how that perfect friendship is purely being friends with somebody or loving somebody just for the simple sake of their well-being, to want to see them succeed, to see them be happy, getting nothing back in return for it. Now, granted, obviously that person will love you back, and that's what causes the perfect friendship. Um, and you can't buy that. Um, you know, buying love would be on the... Huh, huh. Hopefully no professors see this because I can't remember the other two types of friendship. But help me out here. Do you know the other two types of friendship? Do you mean in Aristotle? Yes. Oh, there's the uh, utilitarian. Yes. And I forget what the uh, the other one is, but it's basically what you what you can benefit from it. That's what the type of friendship. And the other yeah, essentially is, where, you know, um, how we had an example that we had in class was mm -hmm. if you're my mechanic and I have the car. So we're friends be because I'm giving you money and in return, you're giving me a fixed car. So there's that common element. Take that element away, though. There's no friendship. That's kind of how I would view a love that you buy. Because you're not really buying love. You're more or less just buying the person or the object because it could be replaced with any other person or object. Um, and I really wish I knew what type of that love that was. But for the people that listen, they, they could just look that up. Uh, and hopefully it's not my philosophy professor that's listening. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah the, 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 the three types of friendship, you know, one is for pleasure. The, the other is for a utility, which is what you were talking about. Okay, and, and then it's the perfect. Correct. It, it's it's a true friendship where we're told that our friends should be like a mirror for ourselves. It should be another one of ourselves, uh, where we just contemplate contemplate um, goodness or, or contemplate whatever it is that's the highest thing. And 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 of course, you know, um, true love, as 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 we've been talking about, is it's it's um there's there's a little difference here because true love i i think now again i don't talk for the church i don't speak for the archdiocese all the views here are my and my own okay um but the love that the father has and and the, and the love that our lord i think is trying to tell us all about is 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 not dependent on the other person um, receiving it, or even wanting to return it, but that this love is is, is a giving love, it's a sacrificial love, it's it's a love that is just given, and which I, which could be I guess a, a little different than than the one from Aristotle, or is it? Because um, I think it was in his in his ethics that he talks about this, um, because. Um, the two friends are, you know, or I guess somehow are together, um, but, but 
this love goes a bit further, right? That 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 it, that even if the other person doesn't love you back, that love in itself is perfect already because it comes from comes comes from, comes from the father, and and you know, so 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 I think Aristotle had a good then, but then our Lord came and said, well, yes, <laughs> but you know, perfect love, real love, real friendship with me, real friendship with my father is actually something much more self-sacrificial. And I mean, you see it stated in the gospels, um, how Jesus says, you know, if you only love the paraphrasing, if you only love those who love you, you know, what good is that? Even the pagans do it. Um, so like you said, self-sacrificial, because it's very easy to love somebody who shows you that they love you. But to love somebody that is so rejecting of you and so angry or upset towards you and wants nothing to do with you, and you still keep pouring out that love. That's a true love. And that that's the love that the Father has for so many of us. How many people here on, on this earth and who have lived in the past have wanted absolutely nothing to do with God? And still that love was unconditional. Um, he still cared for them just as he cared for the ones that do love him. Like it says, I want to say in Psalms, that it rains on both the just and the wicked or the unjust alike, you know, we're all provided for whether we love God or not. And so when, yeah, so Aristotle aside, we're done with him. You, if you want to look at the, the true love and the perfect love, you just take a look at Jesus on the cross. And that's really your model for love. Um, always has been mine. And it's funny that we're talking about this because I was just reflecting on that today in my holy hour. I don't know what you have to say to that. I mean, you were talking about um, loving through rejection. And I think one of the one of the most horrible feelings that someone can ever experience is 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 rejection. Um, you know, I can I can think back when you were a kid. You know, when the team captains can choose their little teammates for their little basketball team, and and you're the one that's left. You know, it's sort of like, wow. I know I suck at this, but you know, it 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 it's not a good feeling to not be chosen. Yeah, I mean, look at what prevents so many. You know, people that are looking to date. Look, what prevents people from talking to others is that fear of rejection like that that fear of rejection is so strong that it will stop you from doing something you want to do mm -hmm. yeah and and i think our world today is full of you know i i, I think it's full of that because there's a there's a misguided interpretation and misguided definition of what love really is you know people you know and 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 and, and that's what i find so disgusting how some of these apps you know hot or not hot whatever it is like or not like you know tinder is that what it is that's one of the many of them yes tinder's like the main one 
Not that I, I know. Not not I, that I know. Okay. Because I don't I remember if it was in a movie or if it was an actual thing that people can, can say, um, if this person is hot, you know, you can click them or something. But it, I I just I just find that very very disgusting. And and how you know how much objectifying people are doing to to their people, and, and it's it's no wonder that our world is in the shape that that is today. That that the people you know go against each other, they fight against each other, they have all these prejudices. You know, it, it, it's because they, they don't know what real love is. You know, people try you know from from adolescent on, you know. Um, you you try to find yourself, you know, in 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 the stages of of development. You know, there there's a stage called you know um, identity versus identity um, confusion, and 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 that is um, when teenagers, right, they begin to to try to you know find out you know who who it is that I am and who it is that I want to be or am you know, but but the people today they see you know these these role models are are those who i mean i can't even say it, they're not role models they're people who who judge people based on how they look they 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 um put themselves above everyone else these these are not the role models that our our people need not especially our young men our our little teenage boys that are growing up you know they they need real men to show them what love is and love isn't just having this big house and having all these jewelry all, all, all that crap right that's that's not that that's not what being a man is all about that, that's not love you know that's that that is not that is not what will give you happiness and if you ask any woman I think what they're looking for is a man who knows how to love them and, and not just buying themselves, not just, you know, making them look good, but making them feel that they're wanted. And, but our world just doesn't have that anymore. But what are your thoughts? Yeah. Uh, you know, there's so many people that you see, and I don't want to get down like a dark type of route, but there's so many celebrities that you do see that have all this money that have all this fame that have everything that, that life that people want and i could think of three off the top of my head that have killed themselves at the height of all of this now yeah you could say drugs and whatnot but there's also a huge sense that you could watch interviews there's a huge sense of unhappiness there's no stability there's you know you you start buying all this stuff and it's kind of Think about a Christmas gift as a kid. You get this Christmas gift, you love it, you play with it for maybe six months, and then it collects dust. You know, there's not that stable, uh, permanent love. It's just the time being. So you could buy a brand new car, brand new cell phone, brand new house, but like anything else, it's just gonna, we're gonna get used to it. It's not giving us love back. We're loving it, but we're not getting anything back from it if you think about it um and that's the problem and like you said that there's a lot of unhappy people out there many won't say that they are and that's okay um but there's a lot of unhappy people out there there's a lot of empty people out there 
and, and you can tell when you talk to people like that, you can tell it's just a very, everything in their life is very shallow. Even their relationships are very shallow. Um, there's just no deep love. There's no deep, really, connection with anything. Um, and unfortunately, you know, most, now, I know a few celebrities, people that are rich that are still God-fearing people and that they donate to charities, and that's awesome. And if God's going to call you to a life of being wealthy and you do your part and help out all these funds, that's amazing. But greed could take you down another route and at the end of the day take you farther from God. Because you feel like I have all this money, what do I need to pray to a God for? I could just go out and buy this or buy that. And it's just an empty life. And you know what? Us being, you know, unemployed at the moment <laughs> and the wealthiest person in the world right now, we're both going to be six feet under. And he'll probably have a nicer casket. But... We're going to have the same amount of stuff when we go. Everything is so temporal here, except for love. Love helps to build up treasures in heaven, which is we as Christians aim for. Uh, thoughts on that? I think um, one of the very um, uh, common misconceptions about love that you sort of touched on a little bit is is that you look for someone else to complete your love. Like, oh, you know, so-and-so completes me. No, 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 you know, love is complete in itself. You know, we are, we, when we get, you know, you know, if, if this, if the priesthood is not for us, then God willing, when we get married to our wives, right, it, we don't, get married so that we can complete our wives or our wives can complete us we are complete within ourselves because do you i mean it, if you think about it you know do you think god would make an incomplete thing and then let you roam around i mean i mean god doesn't god doesn't do half done jobs and then call it a day right god did everything then he then he rested so so we you know when when when, when people start to you know, feel depressed or sad after a breakup or or in very unhappy um, um, friendships or families or uh, relationships. You know, it's it's oh, you know, um, uh, so you know, I I'm I'm incomplete. You know, so and so completes that. You know, that is what gets people down because they feel that somehow they in themselves are not complete. They in themselves something's missing and something's wrong with them and that and and that's just not true but society tells them that oh you want this you know you need this if you want to be complete you need this if you want to be happy that that's that's the world today and that is why um we heard also i think it was yesterday um or today i forget in the readings we're told if the world hates you, know that it hated me first. That was today. Right? Okay. Um, because Jesus is love. And the world attacks 
true love. Because the true love, you can't buy it, you can't earn it. You're just given it. It's given, and it's inside of you. But of course, you know, if if that's the case, then then what's the, what's the world going to tell you? Then what can the world really offer you then? And it, and so you know, love is complete. And Jesus was trying to tell them this. As a father loves me, so I also love you. Remain in my love. You know, he, you know, he's he's not saying, you know, father, a, you know, a part of the father's love is for me, and a part of it is for you. No, it's it's his entire love. And so, um, yeah, love, and 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 he urges the apostles, the disciples, and urges all of us today to to remain in his love. To remain in what will keep us moving, what will keep us together, because he knew that the world would try to break us apart. Because he, because the world will, will sell us a kind of love that needs to be earned, that needs to be bought. When in reality, true love can't be bought, can't be earned, but it's simply given. And that is why his commandment, right, is is to remain in his love and to love one another. To love one another, because notice, it's not oh you know, um, go find things that can give you love. But 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 this is this is a it's a verb, right? Love one another, and we're told what you can't give what you don't have. But if the Lord is saying to you, love one another, He is telling us that we already have this love within us. That's why we can go out and love one another. That we don't need to look outside of ourselves. To find this complete love that is within us, because we are made in the image and likeness of God. That's why His command, the command is to love one another. That we don't need to earn it first, or buy it first, or get it first and then love, but that we already have the capability because we already have God's love fully complete within ourselves. Any thoughts about that, Ed? Hold on, I got a couple motorcycles driving by. Um, okay. So, love, we're talking about, um, you know, it also, what struck me in today's gospel was, you know, how Jesus says, the world hated me first. And I think that's also another big misconception that a lot of the world has today, that if you're a Christian and you go to church, then why, you know, I shouldn't have any hard times. My life should be easy breezy. And that, I think, is a big deterrence, too. Um, you hear, I mean, I hear it said all the time, like, why Why is my life so hard when I'm going to church every Sunday and I'm praying this, that, and the third, and then this guy sitting next to me doesn't believe in anything, and he's having the time of his life. But that's something that, you, you know, that goes way back. It's always been like that. And that goes back into the Psalms. We see a lot in the Psalms about how the wicked could care less about anything. They're just living their life and having a good time. Why is it, um, you know, that here I am, God-fearing, loving God, constantly praying to God, constantly doing the right thing. Why am I having such a hard time? And then I think that ties in, I'm going to try to tie this in, with uh, 
you know, as a Christian, there's many trials that we face. Many, many trials. But as Paul says, you know, it's through persevering through these trials that we grow stronger in our faith. And that we also grow stronger in our love and trust in God. So when if you're going to relate this to love, it's almost essentially like when God puts us in another situation, in another trial, there should be rejoicing as we hear. And it, it's hard sometimes to think like, why should I rejoice? But I see it as it's like God saying to us, okay, you know, you, you made it to this benchmark of love. But now let's make you love even more. You know, get through this trial and obviously your faith will grow stronger. And, you, and when you take a step back and you see that trials are like that, um, that then you could see, you really can't see, I shouldn't say you could see, but you could begin to fathom the um, eternal love that God has for us. Because look at all the great saints, and even in those perfect states they were in with God, there was still so much room for them to grow, still so much room for them to love. God, you know, nobody's ever going to be to a point where God's going to step back and be like, good job, you made it. You know, you loved as much as you can love. There's, and so just think of like some of these great figures, these great saints who have done so much. Uh, uh, Mother Teresa, like who have helped so many people in this world, and still they were called to more. They were still called to more love, and um, you know. So I, I really think you could tie in those two elements of the gospel: how Jesus is saying that the you know the world's gonna hate you, and then that obviously takes you down the the trial avenue. And how he's telling us to love. And you kind of see how through these trials, you know, we're going to be built in that love. God's going to be there and form us in that love. Um, and, you know, I, I view it just like any other challenge in life. There's some trials you're going to get to that you're going to have to keep trying again. And it, I'll even relate it to video games. There's some levels that you get to where you got to play that level like 20 times before you beat it. But when you do, you know, all the things you learned through that trial, now you have to take with you on to the next phase. So I don't know if that makes any sense to you. Those motorcycles threw, threw me off when I was starting to talk. So kind of ran with this one. Any thoughts? And was I on target with what I was saying? Yeah, love isn't something to be mastered. We think we can, you know, go to school for love and then pass through all these things. Oh, here's your here's your diploma. Got your, your PhD in, in, in love studies. <laughs> there is it. Um, love it can't be studied or gained by studying. Right, love can't be read. I mean, you can read about it, but you won't really have it because you already have it within you, right? But 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 love must be experienced, and it must. And you we 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 experience it by giving, 
love by loving. You know, I think it was Mother Teresa, I think it was her that says, you know, you love until it hurts. That when you, when you experience pain and rejection, then, then, you, then you sort of have an inkling of what love is. Um, I, I, I can speak from my, own, from my own experience only that, you know, you can try to love someone and treat them as our, our Lord asks us to do, to treat them as your brothers and sister, sisters and, and, and love them, care for them, be with them. But there's no guarantee that they will love you back. There's no guarantee that they will appreciate it. There's no guarantee that they'll say thank you. And there's no guarantee that they might, they may even notice. But the power of true love is that none of that matters, right? Because you love not because you want them to notice. You love not because you want them to thank you. You love not because you want something back. You love them because you see them as beautiful creation that God has created and has allowed you to somehow be a part of, be in the presence of. And by loving them, you're giving glory to God. That's why, you, that's why we should really love. You know, and and I and you know, just reflecting on my own uh, relationships. Sometimes you know, I I get hurt, and sometimes I get annoyed, and and and, and sometimes I, I I feel rejected, and then I get angry, I get upset, and then I go on a downward spiral, and all that. Is because, well, one, for me, it's pride. And two is, I think, something that I've come to learn um, more and more deeply these past couple of years is that I feel pain and sorrow in my friendships, in my relationships, because I have become possessive of them that I expect something, even though I don't say it, even though, even though I don't think that I do, but in some subliminal way, some subconscious way, I do want them to love me back. And I, th I, and I think it's human. I think, I, th I think it's very human. And, 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 and that is why our Lord reminds us year after year, remain in his love. Remain in his love. Yeah. Um, Ed? Yeah. You know, when you were talking about love, and, um, it's not expecting something back and it's really self sacrificing. As odd as this may sound, now I might as well just tell, you know, Phil knows because he's known me for about a year already. But for the people listening, um, I say some pretty odd things and you just kind of have to cope with that <laughs> and deal with it. So, as odd as this may sound, you know where I feel that you could, obviously besides Jesus, 
that's where our you know perfect model of love is but on this earth i think <clears throat> you could see that true and pure love and people are gonna can argue with me here on this but you could kind of see it in animals in pets where once they love you it doesn't matter if you mistreat them it doesn't matter if you're a nasty person it doesn't matter what you do they will continually keep loving you sure they might want to treat every now and then but once they have that connection and that love it doesn't go away i i mean you see these videos of you know there was one where this guy it was a horrible video but he just abandoned his dog and that dog legitimately sat and looked out the window until the dog died it would not stop waiting and animals don't expect anything back they really don't and of course like yeah you can joke around and say well they want to be fed they wanted this but they really don't expect anything back they love you for you they love um now granted i've also heard that animals don't have the ability to love and you know i'm not a vet or an animal psychologist so i'm not going to get into that all i'm going to say is that my dogs love me <laughs> and i don't care what scientific proof you have to tell me otherwise they love me phil well i think it's is how we define love right and if if you know some say was it beauty is is is, is in the in, in the eyes of the beholder right then i you know i might dare say you no know, love is in the heart of the beloved right if that person feels love feels love then there, then there is love and you know going back to what you were saying about, about animals I think the 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 number one sign that probably how you feel loved by them is is that they stay by your side. You know, I can yell at my dog, and he'll come right back to me and just sit by my side. And I think that is why. Being present to someone has such a powerful impact on them. Sometimes when someone is grieving, sometimes all they need is for you to be there with them. They don't need any words. They don't need any physical or material things. All they want is for you to be there. And like our Lord at in the Garden of Gethsemane, he brought Peter, James, and John and said, Come and watch here with me. He didn't need them to say anything to him. He didn't need them. He, he, he just needed them to be there. And so when our Lord says, remain in his love, maybe we could say, we do so by being present to him and being present to him by being present to others.
right? That, that I think the greatest love is just being with someone, walking with someone, accompanying them. And sometimes it's, there's no words because that's, I guess that's why that they say, you know, love is a language, the language of love. It, it, it transcends all words and anything else. It's just being their presence. It kind of, you know, it reminds me of my friendships or even with you. How, how many times what, have I just barged on into your room and we just sat there not talking to one another? And I'd be mm-hmm. there for like an hour or two. And, you know, first of all, it's because like I didn't want to go crazy by myself. Um, especially after those times that I was sick and locked in my room for like five days. Um, but you know, you, you really, so many of my friends, like, obviously, yeah, you're going to talk, but if you have a friendship or you love somebody based solely on your interactions, like dialogue wise, that's going to run out because there's always so much to talk about. Uh, especially uh, take a look at married couples. They talk, they should, but, but you know, when you're living with somebody every day, there's going to be those times where you're just going to find the two of them sitting on the couch and do just being together. And that's like you said, where you have that perfect love when you can just be content with sitting there. And I learned that also in spiritual direction to just not always try to force a dialogue during my holy hour, just sit there, just be present to Christ. and. Don't get me wrong. Still got a long way to go with that, but um, it's it's a practice. Why I can do it with you, but I can't do it with God is beyond me. Um, you're the psychologist. You could probably tell me about that. But but you know it, it's a practice because I I guess growing up you just had you know growing up you were made for other people, so we kind of just get that. But you're kind of taught how to pray. And you, at least I didn't growing up. I was never told that praying was simply putting yourself in the presence of God. Praying was an Our Father. Praying was the Hail Mary. Praying was asking God to help you with this, thanking God for this. But everything that had to do with praying was dialogue. Until I turned 25, 26. And then I was like, wait a minute, it doesn't have to be dialogue. So there is a little bit of changing that I have to do there. But like that, other type of love with humans that's like ingrained in us um because even as kids you do that like yeah you're gonna joke around you're gonna play but even kids just sit together i remember when i was younger i would just hang out with my friends outside we might not be talking but we were just being in each other's company was that that was it so and, and so that it goes to show you that we have that inside of us already from we didn't have to be taught that that's just in us your thoughts on that matter now yeah, I mean, I think it's because sometimes we forget that our God is a a relation of God. He's a person. The Father is a person, like you and me. And sometimes we can be sitting in, the, in our rooms watching a movie and not saying anything, but yet we feel another's presence. We know we're there. We know we have each other's back if anything happens. If someone's trying to break into the windows, right? 
but I think we somehow have a problem and have some difficulty doing that with God. Even though we know that God the Father is a real person, right? Is a, he's, we're told that he are three persons in one God. And we know that our Lord, when he is in the tabernacle, he is fully present, really present. But yet I think it's that human condition, that fallen human condition that says, well, I know he is there, but it's just not like my buddy here, right? And I think that's why prayer takes practice. And prayer, you know, it isn't, you know, you, you can't get a real diploma in it. You know, prayer is your relationship. And relationship takes time, right? And now you were mentioning about how old uh, married couples, they just sit on a couch. You know, I want to, I want to tell you a story about the old couple who I um, have encountered in my work and have come to befriend um, the family. Um, the wife um, had um, dementia. And she was in a, you know, in a, a, a facility because they couldn't care. And they were in their 80s, late 80s, early 90s. And so she probably didn't even know who her husband was. But yet, this husband, two times a day, rain, snow, whatever, would come at, you know, one time in the afternoon and one time around six or seven o'clock. Miss Kane with a little bag would say hi to me and I would go over and say you know oh what did you bring um so and so well favorite peanut butter crackers every day every single day and when he spoke to her there was no dialogue she was just saying stuff and patting his fingers and all that And yet he, he came every day, brought the crackers, spent, you know, because I was only, you know, I was working at the time. It was, I, you know, I saw him in, in the evenings and he would be there for like almost two hours just sitting there. And I had never seen that kind of love before, but you knew that he loved her. And that she loved him very deeply, probably before the dementia kicked in. And I was privileged to be there when she was dying. Now, he knew that I was a Christian because whenever I worked there, I would do a little activity with him. I would do a scripture meditation and reflection and he would really listen and he would really um, appreciate it. So when the wife was dying, um, I, I went to see them and, and he 
and he was talking with the wife. He was, you know, because um, they have a they have a little sponge where you can wet it and, and put it on on your lips. Um, and he was he was saying this. He he said to her, "It's okay, babe. We've been together for sixty years." You can let go now. You can go now. And I just felt, wow. And then, and then he turned to me. He, he said to me, Philip, am I doing the right thing? And I, I, you know, I was in no position. I mean, I, I, I said, well, you know, if you prayed about it and if you brought this to God and this is what, you think you need to say to her, then I can't say it's not right. And um, yeah, that witness of of a, of a husband's love for a wife really moved me. And of course, the wife passed away the next day, and. Um, I went to see them and went to the funeral and all that, but yeah, that, you can't buy that. Cause that man could have left her cause she wouldn't have known anyway, if he came, why go? But because love is enduring, love is real. Love isn't just a transaction. And he showed that to me. He showed that even if his wife couldn't understand him, even if she didn't recognize him, even if she didn't know who he was, she was still his wife. And he would be by her side every moment that he was able to. And he did to the day of her death. That's love. That's what we said about just being with one another, just being present. And that's what he did. He was a very faithful man. And of course, a couple of years, a couple of years later, he declined and he, he has since passed too. But whenever someone asks me about love, I, I think of this person because there is no greater love, right? We're told no one has greater love than this and to lay down one life for one's friend. And this man, he didn't lay it down in, in, in terms of dying for her, but he went to her day in and day out, laying, because he could have moved on, he could have done anything else, but, but love wouldn't allow that because he made a commitment this woman and, and 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 he loved her and so i you know that's the that's the story of love that i that i always remember and that i always share with people when we talk about love is 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 that how this man loved his wife to the very end and and continued to after her death and and and, and of course we've heard stories in the news about how married couples, you know, old couples, they die within hours of each, of each other, right? So, but I'm not sure if you have anything um, 
to say about that or if, if you have something to share about about love ed so now i'm going to talk about hate and how i hate following your stories because <laughs> mine aren't as good so i'm going to tell you mine now um and i think mine actually funny enough it's what i saw today and it's on the same day as the gospel says you know uh is it today that i command you to you know love one another as i loved you was that today i'm off let me check to to today was the if the world hates you it hated me first um, it might have been yesterday let me see Correct. Um, it could have been yesterday. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, um, you know, so for the past almost two months now, um, my whole diocese has had to have our churches completely closed up uh, because of the coronavirus, uh, even so much as that you couldn't, you can't even come into them and pray. Our doors are just locked. Um, so with that being said now you're on two months of this and it was a simple email that my pastor sent out uh, not too long ago just how we were going to have you know just a little food pantry you know just you know there's a lot of people in this uh parish in, in my area that are struggling and just sent out an email like you know if you could bring anything just to help out those in the community and around us, like it would be great. And I was sitting, first of all, I didn't even know how they were doing it, but I was sitting in my room and it was only two hours. We could only have it open for two hours. And I didn't hear any commotion and I'm like, oh, you know, but my mom had given me something the other day and she's like, can you hand this in from me on Saturday? When I went there, there was a line of cars going down the highway. And when I finally went in, the guy's like, you know, do you mind walking? It was because we have this big, it's uh, like a garage almost. He said, do you mind walking all the way in the back and putting it on the shelf all the way in the back? Like, we're full. It was completely empty at 10 o'clock. By the time I think I got there around 11.15, 11.30, there was almost no more space to be had of just food and, uh, you know, paper towels and toilet paper just and it just made me sit back and think like all these people it's not even like they have been actively going to mass on sundays and hearing the announcement they heard this through an email once they haven't been going to mass but they just have that love or care for others in their community that, I mean, the, the amount of people that came out so strong today, it was really moving to see. And I actually remember saying to one of the ladies that worked there, I was like, you know, there's still decent, there's still good humanity out there. Like there are still people that care about others. So, and that's just of recent, uh, probably one of the greatest things I've seen, especially how you know, we've virtually been doing nothing the past two months. So to be able to jar up that kind of activity, was just really, really touching. Even my pastor was really touched by just the uh, amount of people that came and the amount of 
stuff that we got for the four. That's my story. Doesn't touch Phil's story, but that's my story. Oh no, it, it's 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 moving because you see you you see that people, you know, are thinking about others. That even in times when things are short, food, supplies, whatever, people still have that spirit of generosity and charity. And that's love. You give. You don't, I mean, I mean, we, the people who bring things there, it's not like, okay, I put this down and, and I pick something else up and leave. No, it's, it's, it's not okay. I give you this, I take this. And so in the same way, you know, this love is just given. You don't expect anything in return, right? Because if you do, then it's not true love. If you, ex if you expect anything back, save it. But I, and I think we're seeing a lot of that during this virus. Uh, you are seeing others coming out and helping you know other people but one thing i noticed is everybody's all of a sudden really nice to one another <laughs> i went on a walk today and i live in a town where typically like nobody wants to be bothered with anybody uh but everybody's saying hi to everybody it's just almost like this made you or this has made people reevaluate things and, and give them a change of heart um because in a time like this you are taken away from the material world the only material you have is what's in your house. So, and, and I'm, my thoughts could be completely wrong, but you're drawn out of this material world. And when you're away from these materials, what are you going to look for? That human interaction, that human, that human part of us. And, um, you know, so I pray that, and I know God will have a good that comes out of this. And uh, I pray this is one of them that uh, people are going to realize, you know, how much love the world needs. And don't get me wrong, it's got so much in it. But there's, just like in our own personal life, there's still so much room for growth of love in the world. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, love, I think, you know, people are hopefully beginning to understand and, and wanting to, to love, you know, and... and and like you said, it, people are, are coming together, you know, things. Um, I'm, of course, I would, there will always be that part where some people don't. That there are still some that, you know, are selfish. Some still cause division. But we must not allow that to um, overpower and overshadow the good that's happening. And I, and I, pray that the media and the news will not do that and so far they haven't because i do see on the news people showing oh so-and-so church or is is giving out food and all that so 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 praise god but um but now as we're coming to the end of the final minutes of our um show today um ed what is some advice you can give to the listeners and to the viewers here about how to remain in God's love and what it really, and how can he really love one another? So 
I obviously uh, to me to remain in God's love is you have to remain in prayer. You have to remain in that relationship with God. Now, granted, even though like we mentioned earlier, we could step away. God's not going to stop loving us. Um, but to fully be in that loving relationship, it's just like any other relationship. You have to put in time. You have to put in the work. And on our end, that's prayer and being charitable towards others. And, um, you know, it's only going to be through doing that that you're going to build your relationship and your love with God. Um, you know, you, you could even view that from the view, uh, from the point of you know, friendship. If you don't put in that constant work to remain friends and you stop talking, granted, you'll still probably love each other, but the, the relationship is going to weaken. There's going to be a weakening of the relationship. Or in some cases, one friend is going to continually love the other and the other is just not going to care anymore. But that's what happens when you stop talking to one another. Um, so, yes. So to be in a relationship with God, to grow with God, to um, better uh, or love God more, it, it has to come through prayer and good works to your neighbors, to your brothers and sisters. And then what was the second thing that you asked me? Um, I, th I think you got both. Look at that. Two birds with yeah. one stone. I think you did. It, it, it was some advice on how to remain in God's love, but you have a prayer, right? And how to really love one another. And so then you could just see, I didn't even realize it, but you could just see then how by remaining in God's love, you know how to love one another. The mm -hmm. two go hand in hand. You really can't have one without the other. Um, yeah, I mean, you really can't have one without the other if it's done properly. and unselfishly correct it's like me and my iced tea you can't you can't have one without the other my it's true. Tea, you know um but but yes um but yeah thank thank you for that very those, those very practical um tips you know and and you know i i i echo what ed said you know it's it but you know i i i think we need to really say this if you really want to love other people you first need to believe that you are loved because again you can't give what you don't have if you don't believe that you're loved why would you go out and love anyone right you say oh the heck with them you know i gotta take care of my own stuff but if you know you're loved and i don't mean by your friends i don't mean by your little girlfriend or boyfriend or whatever it is i meant if you really believe and know that, know that you are loved from all eternity, that you are loved through your faults, you are loved through your sins, you are loved through your weaknesses. If you believe that, and if you know who loves you, then I think it will be very, not easy, but you will want to. You will want to. Because if you know you are loved, there is no way that you would want to keep that to yourself. So to all those who are listening, know that you're loved. And tell people, you know, I go around telling people, tell people when you see them, say, do you, do you, do you know that you're loved? 
they need to hear, people need to hear today. You know, there's a song, um, this, this Christian song, let me, let me see what it's called. It's called, um, I think it's called Calling All Fathers. What is it called? Let me see, give me one second. But you should all listen to it. It is called, how once I find it? Um, but anyways, in it, um, the artist sings, you know, the daughters need to know that they're adored. Their children need to know that they're loved. People need to know that, know that they're loved. But again, back to what we said in the beginning, people are told, kids are told, you, you are only loved if you, you know, place well in this tournament. You only are loved if you get straight A's. You are only loved if this, that, and the other. Stop. Go out and tell the good news. And the good news is, is that they are loved. They're loved not because of who they are or who they want to be. They're not loved because of what they have, what they've accomplished, what they've done. They're simply loved. And you, my brothers and sisters, you need to go tell them. You need to tell these people that they're loved. People are sad and empty and lonely and, and despair because they don't believe that they're loved. I mean, maybe they don't know that they're loved. And you can change their outlook. You can change their lives if you go up and say, hey, do you know you're loved? That's it. The very fact that, you're, that you were willing to step up and tell that person that, that they're loved could have meant the world to them. So my... So everything, you know, I echo everything Ed said, and also want to really believe that you are loved, not because of anything you have or do or say. You're simply loved. And then out of gratitude for that, go and tell others how much they're loved. And so the song name I have here is... Um, let me see. It is called Calling All Fathers by Todd Smith. Calling All Fathers. So look that up on um, uh, YouTube or something. And it's a beautiful, beautiful song. And maybe next time we'll get into some popular songs that Ed has heard me listen to <laughs> many times in the when I'm showering uh, about love. And he has heard all about me telling him, how I think that song, even though it's about a wife and a husband, that is, is really about God's love for us. Maybe next time we'll talk about that. So, everyone? Yes, Phil can find theology in just about anything. <laughs> just saying. Yes. Well, Ed, say farewell to our viewers. Uh, talk to you later. <laughs> Have right. a good one. Yes. All right, guys. God bless. Sisters, know that you're loved. Remember, you are loved. And tell others they're loved. That's the best gift you can give to anyone. More than money, more than anything. Tell them they're loved. And tell yourself that God loves you. All right? Stay well. And hopefully you join us next time. God bless. Bye-bye.
For more audios, videos, blog entries, and other resources, please visit us at www.belovedsonministry.org.